Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's bi-weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded here at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also co-editor of PW Comics World, as well as the graphic novels review editor for Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm their podcast producer. This week on More to Come, our big San Diego Comic-Con preview. Also, we're going to take a look at Amazon's new Jet City Comics. We're also going to take a look at our annual PW Comics retailer survey. Uh, We're going to take another look at the Image Expo and also... Comixology, subscriptions, and bundles. So let's get right to it. San Diego Comic-Con, here it comes. You're right. This is my Comic-Con preview. Come <laughs> Yes, well, we're all a little shell-shocked <laughs> even before Comic-Con know, starts. But problem. that said, uh, it's one of a kind, and we're going to be there. Yeah, we will. Well, what's left of us will be there if we can get through Hell Week. I always <laughs> yes, call it the week before Comic-Con is Hell yeah, Week because you're just... trying to get everything done before you get yeah. there. Because you never get anything done once you get there. Yeah, that, that's for sure. I mean, just getting ready to go uh, is, is fairly draining. But, but, <laughs> but, but you are loyal listeners. I know you don't want to hear this because all you know is that it's, it's, it's four or five days. What is it? Four days of excitement, color, and really kind of everything you want to know about Glamour, pop culture. You know, comics, there, there's movies. still a few comics in there, folks. Yeah, you may hear otherwise, but there is some comics uh, programming in there. But indeed, uh, it, it's a pop culture extravaganza. Yeah. Um, one of the exciting things that just was released this week that I'm really looking forward to is a very, very rare uh, appearance, uh, speech, uh, uh, courtesy of Dark Horse, by Kazuo Ko- Koike, yeah, the great right. Japanese manga writer, creator of Lone Wolf and Cub, Samurai Executioner, um, and, and thousands and thousands of other pages. I mean, this guy is like the, uh, um, you know, Steve Englehart and uh, Marv Wolfman and Alan Moore mm-hmm. and uh, Neil Gaiman uh, all rolled together that, this is true. of writers and ma- of manga writers. And this is this is kind of his second. He was it a special is, guest. Was. It was a few. It's been a few years yes, uh, yes. Um, since Koiki came. But uh, yeah, yeah, so he's. Yeah. but it's exciting yeah. that he's, he's coming again. And of course, so many other guests. I mean, we've talked about them before. Jeff Smith and. Mm. Uh, I, well, I don't have a list in front of me. Yeah, but it's amazing. <laughs> do so, I. Yeah, so neither but, of us do. But it's so impressive. If you did were to look at this list, you'd just gasp in amazement. <laughs> and what we have been going over the programming. There, uh, which you can go to go to the, to the Comic Con website, uh, and they've got an excellent um, new setup for looking at the schedule. But there is a chock full programming um, of everything from spotlight panels, which focus on a single artist, um, among who I put Dean Malini is doing a panel. Uh, they've got um, um, there's so much. Where do I start? Jeff Smith has a spotlight panel. Uh, the various publishers will be holding, you know, show and tells about their new list, new books, artists in town. I personally, I'm trying to look very quickly here to see what uh, I'm personally going to try to see. Um, Comics Pro, obviously the retailers organization, they'll be having a series of panels, uh, something every day. Yeah, but, Friday, Friday is always yeah. retailers day there, um, and they'll be having a breakfast. I, I think there's also a secret lunch uh, uh, too, because there's a lunch break. But, there you um, go. Um, yeah, uh, there's a 20th anniversary panel for my uh, uh, for uh, honoring Milestone Comics, Dwayne McDovey, yeah. and uh, that that whole moment of minority uh, uh, comics professionals in the business. Um, the CBLDF. 
will be holding a series of panels. Yeah, they're holding a series of panels of spotlighting uh, the history of censorship and different censorship issues. That's really, really top notch. Um, you know, also a huge highlight. I mean, good luck getting into this, but uh, I, I, is it the 25th anniversary of Sandman? And yes, there Damon is. Will be yes, there yes, to, there will be. To talk yeah. about it. And of course, good you know, luck getting into the that. line is forming luck, right now as we speak. That, but, so um, yeah, um, you know, it sounds like the, uh, if I could get in line, I would get in line for that. So, um, um, yeah. There's so much more. Oh, There's yes, a tribute to. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, well, it's saying, there is a tribute to Kim Kim Thompson uh, as well. Oh, there's one uh, for Joe Cuba on Friday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, yeah, we could sit here for this whole endless. half uh, hour uh, and talk about. There's two panels on Sunday. I think they're both on Sunday that I'm kind of excited yes, about. Yes, there's one a, yeah. is uh, they're in conversation with panels, and, and you know, I wish they did more of these to be honest. But there's one that's Faith Aaron Hicks in conversation with Jeff Smith. Yes, good and point. And then there's Gene Yang in conversation with. Um, uh, Paul Pope, Paul I believe Pope, it is. Right, mm-hmm. yes. So uh, all first, second creators at some point. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. So they, they're, well, they're on their game at yeah, first, second, aren't they? Yeah, they're on their game. Um, so, but anyway, both those sound amazing. Unfortunately, I think I have panels opposite both of them. Yes, but, well, you know, let's... Um, yeah, you know, I'm not exactly Mark Evanier, but uh, I do have a plethora of panels this year, including four on Thursday. Um, I'll run through them quickly. Uh, Thursday, let's hit 10.30. There's how to get news coverage for small press publishers. This is the panel I've done three or four times before, actually put together by Rick Offenberger of First Comics News and Archie. Um, a lot of people on it uh, who also do uh, promotion, so it's kind of interesting. Um, a, a, and then I have a mm-hmm. wonderful break uh, of about six hours where I can eat breakfast. <laughs> At uh, 4 o'clock, though, I'm back for the 8th Annual All-Star Podcasters Panel. So on, uh, I'm pretty and, and she, Obviously, <laughs> she's a podcaster. I'm a podcaster. I and an all-star as well. <laughs> I didn't realize I was a podcaster until I was invited to this panel. But I <laughs> but, yeah. Pat Loika of Lycomania, John Santras of Word Balloon, Ben Blacker of the Nerdist Comic Writers Panel, Brian Christman of Comic Geek Speak, Connor Kilpatrick of iFanboy, John Mayo, Comic Book Page, and Jimmy Aquino of Comic News Insider. So very august company. It is okay. a gust company, but I will say... That now that we are on our fifty fourth episode, yes, you're a podcaster. <laughs> well, there you go. You know, yeah. I, I appreciate that. But you did it the old fashioned way. You earned it, dear. Okay. No, immediately after that, I'll be racing two rooms over. I better look at the map and see where they are to publicizing your project. Sounds like the same panel I did at ten thirty this morning, but it's different because it's about <laughs> okay. publicizing other kinds of projects besides comics. Uh, okay. I'll be on that with um, Craig Miller, Steve Saffold. Molly Chalosky, and then um, a little coffee break, and at 7 o'clock on Thursday uh, comes a panel, uh, the Family Feud, the comics blogging panel, uh, which is your one chance at once a year to see me, Tom Spurgeon, and Rich Johnson <laughs> on the same panel, and this time we'll have Tony Isabella of Tony's Tips, Alexa Dickman of Ladies Making Comics, and Graham McMillan of The Hollywood Reporter and wired uh, to uh, Egason. How does she get it all I done? Know, right? How do I? That is, and, you know, By running around like a maniac. Yeah, yeah. That's how. I'm missing every Four panels. Happy hour there is. I mercifully am moderating zero. Well, that's the easy day, okay? <laughs> On Sunday at 10.30, which, you know, Saturday is normally the very late night at Comic-Con where you stay out uh, yeah. hours down by the bay drinking 40 Doing hours. research. Yeah. Come and, on. And thinking about what the hell you're doing with your life. <laughs> but at 10.30, I will be up. Four, I will be moderating a Comics Arts conference session 
Superman on Trial, The Secret History of the Siegel and Schuster Lawsuits. And on this panel will be Brad Rika uh, of Case Western Reserve University, author of a book on Superman, uh, and Jeff Trexler of Ford Law School. Oh, of course, yes. Who's the go-to guy for all sure. kinds of legal. So, Great. Uh, moderating a panel about Siegel and Schuster, no pressure there, at 10.30 on Sunday morning. <laughs> Finally, we wrap everything up at 3 o'clock on Sunday with PW's own panel. Yes. Uh, what's next for graphic novels and libraries? And we have another, hey, if I just say so myself, another all-star panel. Yeah, we have Eva Volan at the Alameda Free Library, Karen Green of Columbia, Josh Elder of Reading Read Pictures, Scott Robbins of Toronto, and Dave Roman of Yay Time to talk about comics and libraries. And if anyone is still left alive, myself included, I think it will be dynamite. There you go. Well, sounds like a bunch of all-stars to me. Yeah. Well, right. you know, luckily, I like to talk. So. <laughs> and you're good at it. <laughs> But, we certainly spend enough and, time doing it, but unfortunately, I practice, like to take notes because yes, I'll be following her around yes, covering half yes. of these things. But so, luckily, we like to talk, and there will be more of that because there's something very special coming to you from this year's San Diego yes. Comic Con. Trying something so bold, oh, and yes, new right. and exciting that we don't even know. What <laughs> yes, we can barely talk about. It. Yes, well. Um, Beware, be on the watch, um, and be listening. We've got daily podcasts coming up to you during San Diego. Just tune in or basically go to the website. And um, every day for Comic-Con, there will be a new batch of on-location interviews with uh, the best, the brightest, more all-stars of the comics world. From the day before. From the day before. before, Just for your podcasting pleasure. Right. So, uh, wish us luck. We've never done it before. And, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but luckily, Kate, uh, our wonderful producer, yes. is the main man here, so to speak. Yeah. And I, I know she can do it. It's just whether yeah, Calvin right. and I can. Johnny Segura, our, uh, our social media guy, seemed a little dubious. But uh, I think he was just doing that to motivate me. As long as you don't get too sloshed at happy hour to remember to upload your interviews, we should be good to go. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> don't yes. let the dog eat your iPhone. No. No, no, no comment you know, on the sloshing. You know, secret of the comics, <laughs> but Calvin and I have both written stories late at night that probably... Let's say been driving. Sloshed, sloshed and half asleep. Yeah. And they, they they all made it into print. So there you go. Yeah. Because we're professionals. Yeah, we are professionals. So, but don't try this at all. <laughs> That's home. right, You kids. know, anyway, uh, Calvin, any overall uh, impressions, though, uh, aside from all the great panels uh, about this year's Comic-Con, what, do you, what else uh, are you... I really like the new schedule organizer. That's really cool. I know. I didn't use it last year, but boy, I'm an idiot. I, I should have. This is great. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, there's, uh, I mean, there's a long list of stuff going on outside. Yes, of there is. Yes, true. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, which actually I don't know much about. Although I do know there's a bunch of things in Petco Park as well. Um, actually, actually, the uh, nerd favorite actor Zachary Levi is behind uh, what's going on at Petco Park. Nerd HQ uh, will be a individually ticketed thing where you just pay to see the stuff you actually want to see. You don't pay to get in for the whole thing. Um, Trickster is back. Comics yeah. Oh yeah, yes, of course. It. Yeah. Um, and then there's a number of sort of sponsored theme parks from different things. Right. Um, there's going to be a Viking Adventure Interactive Waterway. Oh, yeah. I've gotten about 30 emails about that. I haven't read any of them. but <laughs> So I'm sure it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I love the Interactive <laughs> Waterway. There's going to be an Adult Swim Funhouse. Um, uh-huh. There's a big, uh, oh, God. Now, you there's know, an Ender's Game mini theme oh, park. Oh, yeah, the Ender's Game mini theme park. <laughs> Boy, that is going to be so popular. I can only imagine. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure, yes. Well, hopefully it won't be as controversial as it's 
movie. Will, will, uh, what's it? Where's this guy Card be there, like defaming anyone? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> he's been or... he's been kept away from all the promotion of Ender's Game, um, the movie based on the work of Orson Scott Card, who is a controversial author for his very vehement and active opposition to marriage equality. But um, you know, one event that again I won't be able to go to because I'm on so many panels and I'm so peeved. Uh, on Thursday afternoon at 5 o'clock at the Hilton Bayfront, there will be a blank page event that Comixology is putting together with a whole bunch of creators that are going to come together and create a gigantic comic book page. And uh, the results will be raffled off for the Hero Initiative. So a very good... And, and they're uh, also... Comixology is also doing a um, comics matchmaking thing. Yes. Where creators... Oh, yeah, yes. Okay, comic, we yeah. call it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Where, yeah, where, I heard of creator well would-be creators writers and mm -hmm. artists will come together and then they will try to match them up to work together and if they produce successfully a comics project in the next year based on meetup at this event they will get free promotion on comicsology yeah. yeah so anyway comicsology really stepping up with a lot well of i think that's probably maybe that's what we'll come away with from from this uh, san diego we how see. the sort of clout of comicsology as a you know digital comics market heats up and um their coffers yeah, runneth over. That's definitely what we're going to be talking yeah. about. We're not going to be talking about Metallica. At all. <laughs> Metallica? Well, what? Metallica's are. even coming? What? Yes. I wouldn't doubt it. I, they have a secret show that everybody knows about already. Oh, oh there you go. Very there secret, you go. Uh, well, let's see. I'll be having a, I'm having a dinner, uh, I think the first night I get there, with uh, a bunch of regulars. Among them, I know Dennis Kitchen and uh, Rob Salkowitz, who wrote the book about... Uh, San Diego Comic-Con and the business of pop culture and his wife. And uh, so we'll be gabbing about nerd things, Rob no Hare. doubt. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, Business that's awesome. and nerds that's with Rob. Business yeah. dinner, that's great. Well, <laughs> you know, in San Diego, by that point, you'll be pretty hungry. So dinner is pretty awesome. Yeah, actually. dinner barely happens yeah. in my experience. but um, And that's... Uh, but Wednesday's preview Stock night... You know, you, you get you stick your foot in the toe of the of the chaos uh, on Wednesday night uh, during preview night, and then the thing itself opens its arms and swallows you up on Thursday. And the through thing Sunday. just gets bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. I mean, it's really with all these lounges and interactive events and galleries and. Uh, and even mini cons. And mini cons. Yeah. That are, I mean, there's three distinct mini cons going on. There's Trickster. There's Gamer Con, which is a mm -hmm. gaming event that goes on again for four days. There's Nerd HQ, which is right at, set up at Petco Park, um, which the tickets went on sale today and uh, sold out in like ten minutes. That's so uh, that's the thing about this. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I sometimes I don't put a lot of effort into learning about these things because I know I can't get in them. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think this is the thing. It's like, uh, I, I, you know, I, I wrote a post on the beat the other day that was a little bit existential. But I mean, sometimes it's like, you know, you just wonder, what am I doing here? And <laughs> yeah, but I, I can't look get at all these anything. people and I'm like, what are they doing here? I, I mean, is it really? I mean, I guess if I were just a fan and I could do anything I wanted to, I would get up in the morning maybe and stand in line to get into the Chronicles of Riddick panel or something like that. You know, I'm a huge fan of Riddick. And uh, I'm thrilled it's coming back, and that would be something that meant something to me, I yeah. guess. You know, to see Vin Diesel, maybe I, I don't know, but uh, well, I, I think you you hit on something that yeah. uh, people like us going there, it can be frustrating. I mean, I when I first started going to Comic Con, it was still a big monster, mm -hmm. but it was a manageable monster. You could kind of jump around, and as a journalist, 
that's kind of what I want to do. I want to kind of see as much as I can. But unless you're single-minded and really plan on getting into some very special big events, it's really hard to do that anymore. Yeah. Well, you know what? I That's where you have to have the one thing that you have to do. You know, yeah. I, 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 one thing I do every year is for Comic-Con, as soon as I get there, I start a to-do list in my uh, to-do list app. I use uh, Wonderlist, by the way. Plug, plug. Uh, called Comic Con 2014, and I put all the things that I hope to do ahead of time next year. Uh, little tips and tricks, anything that I forgot to do. And, and I noticed in last year's list that I created in 2012, it said plan ahead. And <laughs> I didn't do that, of course. But you know, uh, oh, well. anyway, just always a reminder. <laughs> just to, uh, planning ahead. There you go. Uh. Heidi's workflow. Okay. <laughs> All right. As much as we would love to continue talking endlessly about Comic-Con, we'll save that for when we come back. Yes. Uh, and let's move on to another uh, another big item on our list, Amazon uh, and Jet City Comics. Holy crap. So um, much as it done... Amazon is, is done yeah. with books and has decided to eat up every other kind of print media. <laughs> well, that's true. Well, <laughs> it hit, Last week it was fan fiction. <laughs> This week, it's comics. Well, Amazon, you know, pretty much in your face. Uh, But this is an interesting development. Uh, You know, of course, it's the latest imprint uh, that Amazon Publishing uh, has launched, and they've got imprints across all of the genre well, fiction, I mean, nonfiction, pretty, pretty smart picks to start romance, off with. kids books. Yes, they um, uh, are, they're kicking off with about four titles. One of them is already out. Uh, it's an anthology. What's it called? Symposium. I actually don't know much well, about actually, it. Actually, I can tell you, it's actually going to be six original individual comics, which are all set in the universe of Neil Stephenson's Foreworld, which is a science fictional universe mm-hmm. that he and other people play in. And they're each going to be an original story. The first one is going to be called Symposium. And it is going to be created by Christian Cameron and Dimitri Butarenko. And then um, there are going to be five more. And they won't tell you who makes them or what they're called. Um, also, they're all tied into book properties. I find yeah. it very interesting. Um, I got some interesting to- responses on that from retailers, but go on. Yeah. Uh, George R. R. Martin is not only going to have an original comic based on a story of his Meat House Man... They're also going to be a reissue of his much beloved uh, Game of Thrones universe uh, comic, The Hedge Knight, and its sequel, Sword and Sword, both of which have gone out of print. And so now you can get them through this. And um, also there will be a comic adaptation of the dystopian story Wool by... By Hugh Howey, the uh, self-publishing sort of phenomenon. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, um, and Jimmy Palmiotti's. And Jimmy Palmiotti yeah, yeah, has, has worked on the adaptation. Got, uh, Justin Gray. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Broxton. So, yes. Um, yes. So, uh, you know, which is really interesting. I mean, I think that Wolf Project really kind of exemplifies, uh, I mean, I, just from observing, really, where Amazon seems to be on this. Because it is one of the, the perfect example of the modern tentpole. It's creator driven. I mean, it started out as a self published ebook, correct? Uh, yes. And yeah, it became, certainly. Yeah, he yeah, always became a mm-hmm. sensation and then he uh, signed a very lucrative deal to have it in print and Only print. He's only has a, he still self-publishes yes. the, the digital side. Uh, well, very right, interesting. Right, right. And he's become really kind of a, this really evangelist mm-hmm. for self-publishing. He was actually uh, a part of my colleague Rachel Deal's panel at South by Southwest. She did a panel mm-hmm. on on self publishing, and I, if I have to say so myself, and I and I and I am, uh, he was kind of the star of that panel. Mm-hmm. He really has some interesting positions um, on how to publish, and on the role that self publishing is playing in changing the whole uh, the whole publishing landscape. So, 
And and I guess it's not surprising that Amazon would actually its first comics would be tied to its, you know, basically yeah. prose publishing world. Well, I mean, I think I think the fact that Kate just said it was a smart list is is very telling because I mean a lot of comics uh, pundits who are more in the calf side of things were like, what the hell? I mean, you know, I, I, as I said, one of these books is a reprint from Devil's Due. I mean, you know, Amazon, though, and the biggest companies on earth sat around and came up with that. But it makes a lot of sense from what the book publishing world is about right now. Well, it makes sense for Amazon for yes. this to be their list <coughs> because um, they're book-centered. They're properties that were perhaps in the case of George R. R. Martin, not as well managed as they might have been, but had a lot of potential, sold very well when they were on the stands. I mean, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they pick up this low-hanging fruit? And and I, uh, uh, if you've been paying attention at all to what Amazon's doing on the Amazon publishing side, uh, there's much more to come, I would w- easily wager. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, let's speculate a little bit, Calvin. I'm, I'm not always the well, world's biggest <coughs> Amazon fan, well, but we'll, for we'll once see. I think they're doing something good. Yeah, well, I agree. I mean, you know, they have been very. I mean, they on the one of the biggest problems on the Amazon publishing side is that um, independent booksellers uh, really have problems with Amazon. They have big problems with Amazon. They hate Amazon's business practices. They feel like it, they're predatory, uh, and uh, they want nothing to do with them or their print books. So this is a this is an issue. While Amazon rules the digital world and continues to do that, uh, getting their print editions because they are a conventional publisher as well. They publish print volumes. They've got they to get them into there's they're not, you know, they most independent sellers will not stock okay. them. Some are. Well, some will the, order books if they people want them. Um, uh, Barnes and Noble doesn't carry yeah. their their print titles and they Don't won't. Meow. They yes, right. <laughs> yes, uh, and the, well, well they, they? their um, their their stance supposedly is that we will if we're allowed to sell the ebook versions as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll wait to hope freezes over right. for that to happen. Uh, though you never know, Amazon can surprise people. Uh, in, in this case, I made a couple of calls around New York really quickly to some of the retailers to see uh, comic shops being independent booksellers as well. And uh, there was a great deal of wariness, but actually most of them said if they're approached by Amazon, they would offer the books with one, a couple of provisions. I mean, um, uh, Mitch Cutler at uh, St. Mark Pro- uh, uh, Comics said we would be interested if approached uh, if Amazon will deal with us fairly, which obviously means that you're right there that everyone has a little bit a little bit leery of dealing with them. Yeah, I understand. Um, if a shop like St. Mark's is worried about being treated fairly, then, you know. Well, there you go. Well, but Jeff Ayers at, tends to be worried about these things. Well, all retailers when dealing with, uh, with Amazon are worried about it. Uh, Jeff Ayers at Forbidden Planet uh, was also said if approached, uh, we'd consider it. Uh, he was. Uh, um, he did say that he was actually a little leery of the kinds of books that they were launching with. He he, he they basically saying they don't sell well at Forbidden Planet. He understands that they may sell better in other locations, but he says that's not. You know, uh, Laurel K. Hamilton, uh, the other kinds of adaptations of prose yeah, works. Like, uh, he says they haven't Jay sold Justinson. well. There you yeah, go. They're, yeah, they're they're they haven't sold well. There, he says. He said. He says. However, we would be. We would be much more interested uh, if they're releasing very prominent comics people, comics veteran. Right. And uh, just one more, uh, Carson Moss, the buyer at uh, The Strand. Mm-hmm. Um, while with the uh, caveat, we're, we're not thrilled <laughs> with Amazon's, but if our customers want the books, mm-hmm. 
will stop them. Right. So, but I, you know, again, this is not a move that's based on, uh, you know, supply and desire. This is a book that's based on Amazon looking at sales charts and seeing that these kind yeah. of quote unquote middle brow genre fiction adaptations and extensions, because I think yeah. most of this is new. It's new material. It's new mm-hmm. material based on existing worlds. It's not adaptations, which uh, because yeah. it's well, the, wool is an adaptation. Wool of the rest are yeah. right. right. But um, uh, that they tend to do quite well in the book world. They yes, do a yes. lot better than yeah. anybody in comics wants to admit. Yeah, and the George R. R. Martin, those are adaptations, aren't they? Hedge, they well, they're, they're adaptations of short stories that are set in the same yeah. world as the books. But, but they're kind of expanded. Yeah. But they're expanded yeah, upon yeah. the books, and most yeah. people don't have the short stories, yeah. so it evens out. Yeah. It's fine. Um, obviously... They're looking at the digital side as for the biggest impact because yeah. obviously that's where they rule both in e-ink devices and on you know well, tablets. It's a, it's a good uh, fit for their customer base. <clears throat> but authors, sense. authors want print, uh, uh, print uh, audience consumers as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, as always, how Amazon Publishing navigates. Uh, well, it depends on just, how good their deal is with the, the print world, the print retail yes. world. Well, the two points. Number one, very huge point that uh, actually Rob Salkowitz, uh, mm-hmm. your buddy, brought up in a, a very good piece at ICD2. It's like, you know, Marvel and DC are really the two games in town that pay a living wage to creators, mm-hmm. uh, but they're increasingly caught up in their own corporate mandates. Uh, I mean, obviously, Amazon is also corporate comics, but here's another market that will mm-hmm. pay people. Yeah. Uh, well, good good rates, and um, I understand that, that people do get uh, royalties on these books as well. Uh, yes, it's a tradition. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of, of living wage, um, when interviewed, George Paros, who now has an exclusive contract with Boom, said that the reason he went to Boom is because that they were now willing and able to offer him um, full medical benefits as a salaried employee, just mm-hmm. like you get at Marvel or DC. And it was more reasonable. He said. More reasonable. Yeah. More reasonably priced, and the exclusive contract would be more flexible. Yeah. So it may not be that we're coming into an age where Marvel and DC are not the only games in town that can pay you a decent wage if you're a big enough name. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope so. Let's mm-hmm. hope so. Because that's you know, worth something. Like George Perez is, you know, not a spring chicken. He's had a lot of health problems. He has diabetes, and you know, he can't live on ramen. Yeah. He, and he doesn't deserve, as I put in my own piece, he doesn't deserve delivery. <laughs> yes, he well, deserves to have a full a, meal. He deserves a little better. It. Yeah, so, okay. as we do many. Right. So, anyway. More to come on this. Super more yeah. to come. Yes, if there was absolutely. ever a more to come, this would be it. Yes. Yeah, okay. All right, we're going to pick up the pace here. And let's jump to yes. Go for it. Comics Retail, the PW's annual Comics Retailer Survey. Uh, publisherswiki.com slash comics um, done again this year she did it last year Shannon O'Leary uh, the one of the co-editors of the big the the big feminist butt yes. by the way which launched this week um, but she uh, she found that they really the 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 uh, the upbeat mood the growth in sales um, the uh, the real impact of indie comics uh, she's still seeing it growing from uh, you know, the, the growth we saw last year, she sees it continuing in 2013. In uh, her words, uh, last year's dramatic increase of nearly 15% in all sales across comic book formats, uh, it's continuing with healthy sales at the retailers uh, we surveyed this year. Ten, uh, 
general bookstores and direct market shops uh, around the country. It just feels like a stronger year in comics. And it's hard to find cranky retailers. You know, even with this week's uh, stuff, I'm moaning about Marvel did this and did that. But, you you know, they're very sanguine. They're very happy about the overall market and with good reason. And um, Shannon hits a couple of uh, big points in there. Number one, Saga is definitely... Uh, the Walking Dead, uh, except it doesn't have a TV show. But in terms of book sales, Imagine that. it is an amazing <laughs> seller for so Imagine many that. so many stores. If it's good mm-hmm. enough, it doesn't need a TV that's, show. That's absolutely right. But Clearly. I mean, it's incredible to see that kind of property um, improve and, and continue to sell. And and the other thing she said is that creator-owned comics that people are becoming more excited about image. Um, and just as Marvel and DC do become more about events and and initiatives and campaigns and programs. It's like, you know, they're, the people, I think it's Jeff Ayers, kind of the star of PW this week, but he <laughs> said that the new readers who have been coming in to comics in recent years, are they didn't grow up with Marvel and DC, and they're not uh, beholden to those superheroes. I mean, they might be into the movies or whatever, but they're... Mm-hmm. They might even love them, but yeah. they're not... Link to them inextricably. Yeah. Like they, they are interested in trying new things, and they're interested. It seems in being able to pick up a book and immediately enter the world, yeah, and yeah. not try to figure out, exactly. you know, relationships going back. And 20 I mean, the years. other point that Shannon brought out, and so many retailers backed up, is that uh, it is a golden age of good material. Mm. I mean, that's yeah. just really mm. something we talk about all mm. the time. Well, and not only that, mm. I feel like Image for many years had a lot of good material and was not so good at promoting it. Has definitely gotten great at promoting it so now yeah. you know these comics exist exactly. you know they're out there and it's much easier to find them if you know you're looking for them well I, I heartily urge everyone to read this story yes. which is available on our website at publishersweekly.com slash comics but speaking of image comics uh, and all of this material and all of their promotion that they're doing they had a big event uh, was it last week? Wow, time flies. Yes. Yep. Uh, yes, it was on a, it was, it, was, it was a kind of a midweek event. It was like a July 2nd or Tuesday. Yeah. And it wasn't a con. It was a media. It was, if you talk to Ron Richards or Eric Stevenson, yeah. they admitted it was a media event. And uh, they had quite a bit of uh, media and events. And yeah. they announced a whole bunch of new books by people like Ed Brubaker and Matt Fraction and Rick Reminder, J. Michael Straczynski, uh, you know, Murderer's Row of, of actually people mm. who write for Marvel mostly. Um, but the big news was really digital. Yes. Um, ImageCon, really Image Expo, uh, <clears throat> really just like a, a, a smorgasbord of all things image. But they launched a uh, DRM-free, download-to-own digital storefront. Um, on their that site, which on is the, open yeah, now. So that on the revamped, uh, actually, Image uh, website. And, you know, this is just, obviously there are isolated parts around the publishing landscape where people are doing this. Yeah, just um, to give a shout out, it was Slave Labor who did the first yeah, DR yeah. download digital DRM. And, and there's a couple of pros publishers, Tor.com. Uh, uh, Bayon was out there doing it. And Bayon, like you're absolutely years. right. Oh, Bayon's been doing amazing. it for a long time. Rebellion Good point. Also Good point. Because they sell 2000 AD. Good. And Tor is very recent. Uh, yeah. Recent um, but good. Yes, yeah. no. Um, so making Image one of the fewer and certainly one of the biggest publishers but but uh, it's not just that it's DRM free it's DRM free you can download it as many times as you want it comes in like a bunch of different formats all the formats all the formats for one price it includes uh, Uh, formats which are frequently PDF EPUB CBR CBZ CBZ, um, basically Mm. it's what you've Mm. all been waiting for now there is a caveat They've got to go to each of the individual creators and get the permission to do so. Right. 
But, I mean, what they've got is already pretty good. Yeah. They've mm-hmm. already got a strong list of, mm-hmm. of creators that are going with it. And I imagine they'll just ask all upcoming creators, yes. do you want to do it or not? For instance, inter- in- interestingly, uh, Jupiter's Children by Mark Miller and Frank Quitely was available. Whereas Mark had made this, I think, outdated stand that he wasn't going to do yeah, his true. digital comics for three months because he stood by the retailers. You know, and I, I mean, this is something Mark came up to ingratiate himself with comics retailers, you know, a year ago. Mm-hmm. And, and guess what? Now, comics retailers love digital. In fact, I was reading Brian Hems, the comics experience, who's been railing against digital on and on and on. And in fact, said when DC decided to, to do something that he was done selling comics, <laughs> was yeah. he was quoted, in, and Deb Aoki wrote the yes. story, as saying, this is great. I'm thrilled that these comics... Like what is this? What, well, I guess it's a world turned upside down. I, I well, guess he's open to like actual evidence that it didn't hurt his well, business. I mean, more and more. I, I mean, the reluctance to do this thing is is kind of falling away. I think in many cases, creators and certainly publishers, uh, their first reaction is we're giving away the store. But I think more and more people are realizing that this only increases your audience and brings back more sales to you in the long run. Yeah. And there's, there is so much more uh, out there now. And I, I think this kind of reflects in a made away just what's happening with everything. I mean, there's more. There's more digital mm. comics. There's more web comics. There's more for image comics. There's more, more, and, more, and more. And as a result, there's a bigger audience. Yeah, there well, is a bigger audience. Well, I, I think also part of it is it brings back the impulse buy. Yes. You don't yes. need to leave home, go to your local comic store, go through all the comics. You know, you can be talking to your friend at like, I don't know, 8 o'clock at night, and they'll be like, oh, did you know there's this new comic from Image? It's great. You just go online, you buy it, two seconds later you have it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it, it really speaks a lot to Image Comics that 20 years ago when they launched, they were uh, an alternative to Marvel and DC, and, uh, you know, launched with some pretty horrendous books looking back. Mm. But, uh, but Let's they, face it, a lot of books back then were yes, horrendous. Yes. Mm. And they, you know, but they, of their wrote, time. but they changed the business completely. Yes. Um, and then, uh, now, 20 years later, they're, they're doing still cutting edge mm. with mm. all yeah. new techniques and all new technologies and all mm. new mediums. How much and, can we attribute this to Eric Stevenson? Well, <clears throat> I think uh, a lot of Beyond, it, the, you know, yeah. this the talent of the but authors. You know, he was there 20 years ago. Mm. I mean, he's been with it the whole time. Mm. So he's... But he wasn't the publisher, though. No, he was part of the image machine. You know, I think he was one of the studios yeah um way back then so uh you know he he listen he was the beats person of the year in my my survey that i do of comics professionals uh for 2012 and um and on that note uh digital uh in in his report 15 percent of image sales uh pretty pretty impressive has grown to that and 27 percent of revenue um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now I'm a little confused by that. Uh, as I read it, it was revenue only from direct market sources, as opposed to as opposed to total sources. So I got a little confused by that 27 percent number. It was just 27 percent. Well, when I read the frying print, I wasn't it's so sure lot. what he was talking it's about. A it's a lot. It's a lot. And also, like their sales are split almost. Perfectly evenly between comic shops and general bookstores. I think that's an interesting number too. It really is. They're so, very close. Yeah. So I, I mean, you know, this is uh, like even in the two years we've been doing this podcast, it's such an evolution, and uh, so many things that we all just talked about. What if? What if? You know, are now uh, realities. Yeah. And and you have to be poised to take advantage of those realities. And image is definitely where people are are uh, pushing things, pushing the boundaries. So, so um, yeah. How do you so like that? keep on doing what you're doing. Yeah. All right. Well, 
uh, speaking of pushing, well, this is really boundary pushing, but uh, Comixology has finally uh, decided to do bundles and uh, subscriptions. subscriptions. And not only that, any ongoing Comic-Con Comixology, any of them, you can subscribe to now. Yeah. Right now, wow. this instant, you can just click on, and not only will you be subscribed, but they will email you every time it comes out, so you don't need to try to keep up with erratic publishing schedules. Wow. Think about that, man. You know, that... I, I hear you'll be going in your horseless carriage to go and pick up your digital comics, you know? Yeah, well... well you know, <laughs> now, this is something that seemed like a no-brainer, but it took quite a while. Uh, well, nobody else is doing it either, yeah. so... No, it's true. I guess it was a... I don't know why it was. There had to be some kind of contractual reason that we don't know. Uh, more than likely. Uh, the bundles in particular are uh, pretty exciting in, in terms of... The, you can really... They, I mean, you can really come up with some creative ways to, to put so, so far, different books together. So far, there are only together. 17 of them, but... There, once that pilot program goes mm -hmm. through, hopefully there will be more. There's everything from they, they bundle together certain, you know, uh, Hernandez Brothers books. Uh, uh, they've got a they've got an image collection trades. starter bundles with like the first volumes of all the trade paperback editions of various hit series. Uh, they can really get creative on the retail side, and and you save money. Yeah. You get, wow. a, you get a discount off list, list price by buying in these bundles. So, uh, And there's a wide variety. Even with the initial 17, there's a wide uh, variety of yeah. price ranges. Uh, but, you know, it, it's something that everybody saw coming, but uh, it sure does make this. It's very discoverable. It makes yeah. things so much more discoverable. And speaking of bundling, um, also the works of Osamu Tezuka, the great uh, mangaka, oh, yeah. are also being released in digital. But DMP is going to release Reese. all of them? What is the yes, DMP? Just, is should Reese. we segue okay. to news briefs? Um. And now, the briefs. DMP is going to be releasing all the Tezuka in North America. Don't worry. Companies that already have a deal with Tezuka will continue to release the print versions. Uh, DMP is getting all the digital rights and will be releasing even the more obscure titles I find in that digital sort of amazing. It's wonderful. That they could... The what? DMP could get to me no well, doubt. I guess no one else snapped it up. That's interesting. All the digital rights. I find that pretty amazing. In North Good for America, them. At least, at least for, for now. Them. I mean, who knows how long their lease on them yeah. are. Yeah. But, uh, and then they will go, be DMP. trying to bring out those which are not already licensed by other publishers mm. in print, uh, bit by bit, possibly with the help of Kickstarter. Yeah. No, it's impressive. What does this include? I wonder, does it include things like Phoenix? I mean, you know, it, 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 well, it, it includes some. Um, I, mean, I, I looked at the press release too, and it said all everything. of Everything. So I think, I <laughs> I think mean, they got them all back. Uh, I just sort of find it amazing. But right. uh, not necessarily that DMP is getting, but that, that any single publisher yeah, I mean, would control all other, of the digital rights. Well, but you know what? Why not? Because Tezuka Productions has had these books. Mm. I mean, they own the rights to all the books. Yeah. And the reason why we don't have more Tezuka is because it's not saleable here. Yeah. So why not put it out yeah. all digital? No, absolutely. You know, if you have a no, good deal, you might as well do it all. Bundle. Bundle. You go, DMP. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Next. And League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the beloved Alan Moore comic. <laughs> that was the basis of the beloved film. Yeah, well, the, that's uh, a beloved film. Let's put this diplomatically. The highly inaccurate to the source action film. The very same people who produced the controversial film that sent Alan Moore into apoplexies <laughs> yeah, well. are now going ordering a TV pilot based on League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Fox, yes. We all live in hope that it will be watchable. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, in the same sort of ballpark, uh, Showtime 
is bringing out a classic monster series called Penny Dreadful, and NBC is going to have a Dracula series, so I can see that they might feel this is fitting into the same So nearly tr- uh, zeitgeist. 15 years later, people have realized what Alan Moore figured out, uh, that you could do uh, mashup team-ups of uh, public domain characters. Yeah. And wow. people mm-hmm. will like it. Yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah, Unless absolutely. you happen to be doing it a and movie called LXG starring Sean Connery. Yes. Yeah, well, less said. Tom Sawyer. The, the better. Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer. Anyway. Okay. Right. <laughs> Speaking of unhappy creators. Yes, yeah, right. That's a theme for you. Uh,. Comic writer Jerry Conway is hoping to get DC Comics fans to help creators get what they're owed. Now, he's launching the Comics Equity Project, described as a crowdsourced effort to provide creators of characters for DC Comics since 1975. This sounds like a great project. With equity participation contracts. Yes. So the thing is that while technically, if you created a DC Comics character and your DC Comics character shows up elsewhere, you are in created since 1975, of course, you are entitled to a certain amount of royalty. The problem is that DC didn't keep track of who created what. So if your character was more obscure and DC didn't remember that you created it, you won't get the money unless you're on file. But thanks to the fact that comic book fans are obsessive and do things like create 100,000 page long wikis, he was <laughs> he yeah, was suggesting yeah. the possibility that perhaps fans might use this might for good instead of evil and might help create a database of mm. who created what. Because essentially, if you're a worker, I mean, if you're a creator, you've got to track your own right. But this will help use of your you know, character. Is, is that what this, the this, what the yes, deal is? But it is a huge, 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 huge issue right now because mm-hmm. DC has always paid these kind of creator participation deals. Right. Uh, until recently, and Marvel has never had them, but then they sometimes do have them, and of course no one can talk about any of this publicly, but uh, with all the movies coming out, you know, especially with Marvel mining, it's mm-hmm. very, very obscure characters with things like Guardians of the Galaxy, and, and you know, it looks like the Inhumans are also going to get a movie, uh, mark my words on that, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, you know, some of these characters are very obscure, and DC is rumored to be doing the same, so yeah, who created these? Uh, is um, always an open question. In fact, I saw Mark Wolfman at the Man of Steel uh, premiere, and I was like, Mark, what are you doing here? And uh, he's like, well, I created that doctor character, and so I got invited to the screening. And like, Marv always, in every story, created a doctor. So <laughs> he's very smart about that. <laughs> so yes, the Comics Equity Project. Go look it up. Yeah. So uh, I wonder if they have, like, that's some software that would make this easier. Well, that's what it is. Yes, it is good. That's what he's putting it together. Yeah, putting that's together, what I was wondering. Yes, I wasn't sure about it. Makes here and harnesses the, the frantic researching urges right. of fans. Great. All right. And speaking right. of harnessing fans. I think it's a fans, great project. Our last brief for today is Marvel's Share Your Universe. Uh, Marvel has is launching, hasn't launched yet, a new site-program to help bring kids who like the cartoons or the movies into Marvel Comics themselves. They are going to be giving away free comic samplers, <coughs> both in uh, print and digital forms, um, free episodes of Marvel cartoons on their website, and they will be um, having some kind of presentation to do with this 
that they will be bringing to various conventions for convention kids days and other kids events mm -hmm. so basically Marvel is having a big new kid outreach push. Yeah, and I, I think the reason they meant did this uh, the, the, I, to you know people, fathers, mothers. I mean, whoever who wants to get daughters, their, daughters. Well, no, I mean, whoever <laughs> wants to get their kids. Sure. You know, everybody loves to voice their favorite <laughs> comics onto others. And, yes, uh, absolutely. You know, kids like comics. Uh, well, interestingly, uh, I asked uh, Dan Buckley about whether they would be having more material because there isn't exactly a gigantic Marvel backlog of um, comics based on the current TV shows, and he said they are going to be creating more material and probably publishing them as digests. Mm. So, um, well, that there you go. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be good. Um, and also, I think parents will find it very useful because I know that you get parents who maybe are into science fiction or vaguely into comics, but not very much, and their kids say, oh, Superman, Superman, and they want to give the kids some comics, but they're right. a little worried about where to start or which ones are safe for kids. And so now you've got a big outreach program that will give them somewhere to start. Yeah, and I mean, interestingly, there actually are a lot of free comics already available on marvelskids.com, but they're in that horrible Marvel reader so oh, right, yeah. format. So, yeah. okay. Well, there'll be more outreach here, so okay. uh, more to come on that. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we gotta get going, Cal. Yeah. Get yeah. So no, back. right. I've got so much to do before right, I leave so for Comic Con. So uh, uh, on we that will note, be seeing you live. Yes. 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 There'll yes. be more make, to come on sure. that topic. <laughs>